showing you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling or couples therapy. we are talking about how to fix your communication fast. A little guide here for couples. So have you ever wondered how do we fix our relationship communication problems? That's what we're talking about today. Remember this, sticks and stones will break your bones and words and meanness will hurt you and your partner. My heart started pounding in my chest as my fingers began to shake when I was reading some comments on one of my Instagram reels. One of them said, this is stupid. If my partner is crazy, I want to say so. And their feelings are their own problem. So why do people say dismissing mean comments like this? I don't think our culture teaches about emotions. It especially doesn't teach men. I don't know about you, but after 12 years of education, I wasn't taught about communication or emotions. I learned math, science, poetry, even how to write a resume but not how to really hear someone, not how to have productive conflict or how to compromise. I used to be a pretty dismissive person. In fact, I used to be pretty mean. I remember once uh, I had a girl quit on her first day working at a restaurant because I was, in my mind, trying to help her. I was the food expediter in the restaurant, so what that means is I was in the kitchen where the food gets put up in the window. You read the tickets and you get all the food together for each table and then you get it together so a server can take it out. This is how you get all your food at one time. For most places, there's one or two people who expedite the food and they're the only people who can be in the window and take out the food. I like to do it alone. I was fast and I didn't want anyone else to touch my window. So I'm sure I barked at her to get her hands out of my window. I do remember talking to her many times and I'm sure I wasn't nice in any of them. I specifically do remember saying, I'm just trying to help you. I remember the way she glared at me and said, this is not helping. I remember internally thinking, this girl, what's wrong with her? Why can't she just get her hands out of my window? I had no idea how to take her perspective or communicate to her in a kind way. You know, I had great parents, but they didn't know much about empathy, validation, or perspective taking. It's no surprise that I didn't learn identity either. I had no idea how to use empathy. I acted like my views were superior, and it wasn't until my third year of university that I learned about perspective taking even when you disagree with what someone is doing or disagree with their details. I vividly remember sitting back in that class and reflecting back on this food expedited incident. I felt bad all along that this girl quit because of me, even though I didn't really understand what I did. It was in that moment I learned about perspective taking, being in someone else's shoes, that I was able to see it was her first day, she was probably overwhelmed, and clearly she had worked somewhere before that it was okay to touch the window. She likely didn't realize where we worked, we were pretty strict about not touching the window. 
And, uh, you know, I was able to, in that moment, realize that my harsh tone probably made her defensive and overwhelmed. My words probably did hurt her. And this is called perspective taking. It's me stepping into her shoes and seeing how she felt. I didn't always have the tools to do this. So girl, if you're listening, I'm sorry for how I treated you that day. Just like I didn't learn about perspective taking or about emotions, my experience has been that many men aren't taught this either. Our culture doesn't do a good job of permitting most men to have emotions. They're taught very early on not to cry, that emotions are weak, and to just suck it up. Their emotions are dismissed. They are put down. My experience is most men don't dismiss other people's emotions because they are bad or mean people. My experience has been that they dismiss emotions because that's what has been taught to them. Now I'm not saying or trying to give permission to anyone who's abusive. All I'm saying is that most of us aren't taught how to communicate well. And I think it's not any particular gender's fault. I think it is our social teaching, these constructs that were internalized and then we get into relationships and they're really hard to do. And I want you to recognize that what we are taught is how we behave. I like the quote, and I'm pretty sure it's from Maya Angelou, that says something like, when we know better, we do better. So if you didn't know better, you're not going to do better. So if this is you right now, and you're like, whoa, I can be pretty mean. I border the line even to being abusive sometimes. This is where we can pause and learn a new skill, just like me in that class that day. I realized very quickly, all of a sudden, I felt guilt like wash over me. It was hot, and it was icky, and I just wanted to crawl out of my skin. I knew I needed to learn a new skill because I didn't want anyone to feel how I probably made that girl feel. And why bother learning a new skill? Because our relationships with our intimate partner can't survive without good communication. Well, happy ones, anyway. So just pause for a second and think about an early work experience you've had in your life. I want you to think about a boss, a mentor, or a peer that treated you really well, was kind to you, and even validated your opinions when they disagreed with you. They let you have opinions even if they didn't follow them through. How did you feel about that person? Now, I want you to compare another early work experience with a boss or a mentor or a peer who dismissed you, maybe even belittled your experience or your opinions. How did you feel about that person? So we have a choice in our relationships to treat others in a way that makes us feel good. When you think about these two experiences we just went through, which relationship did you enjoy more? The one where you're treated kindly or the one where you're dismissed and belittled? My guess is you like the first one better. And that's why if we are kind and don't dismiss people, even if we disagree with their perspective, that our relationship is likely to go better. So here are a number of ways which we can dismiss our partner's perspective. For example, if we just dismiss someone, we insult them, we're mean, we intentionally injure them, like that's ridiculous. Only a child would see it that way. Or you're being crazy. You're emotionally immature. When we say things like this, this is mean, it's an insult. This is probably contempt, and contempt is when we do something that is mean and we intentionally injure our partner. Now, this is not okay, it's very toxic for communication. Another thing people can do that dismisses our partner's perspective is we're defensive. So they're like, no, I didn't do that, or no, it didn't happen like that. And another way that we could do that is by stonewalling, which is just shutting off, turning off, and expressing our displeasure for whatever somebody just said. We could get going tit for tat, like which is basically defensible. It's like, no, it didn't happen like this. It didn't happen like that. So what I'm suggesting you try is perspective taking. So I want to tell you a story that illustrates perspective taking. So my story is about a horse and a frog. 
I want you to imagine a horse and a frog standing next to each other in a farmer's field. The grass hasn't been cut in about a week. And if you look off into the distance, there is tons of trees, beautiful blue sky, and there is sun overhead. The frog looks out in front of him, and the frog and the horse are standing next to each other, by the way. And the frog looks out in front of him and says, the grass out there is as tall as giants. It's thick and lush and green. This is like an amazing jungle that just goes on forever. <laughs> and the horse looks down at the frog and says, what? You're crazy. The grass isn't as tall as giants, and it's not like a jungle that goes on forever. I just want to stop my hooves all over this grass and crumple it down. What actually looks like it goes on forever is those trees back there and that beautiful blue sky. So remember, the horse and the frog are standing right next to each other. But from their different vantage points, they're both right. All the frog can see is like what's at ground level, and the horse has a much higher up view. And my experience working with couples is that we all see things from a different vantage point. We get stuck arguing about our view, and we forget that even if our partner is right next to us when something happens, they can have a totally different perspective. So rather than the horse and the frog arguing about whose view is correct, what if the horse said, not, your view is crazy, the, the grass isn't like giants, instead the horse said, wow, I bet from down there, the grass is as tall as giants. But from up here, you should see the trees and how they stretch on forever and the beautiful blue sky. The horse would then be honoring and validating the different views and that they are, in fact, maybe even both right. I've been talking about this a lot in couples therapy lately, and I wanted to share with you some of the themes I've noticed from my clients. One of the themes is that it's not okay to make mistakes. Many of us were taught our whole lives about being perfect, being accurate, and not making errors. And then there we are, with our partners, talking about things that are sometimes insignificant. And then our partner might take a different perspective. And because of our conditioning, we want to be right and viewed favorably. So we dig in our heels so we can be right because we want our partners to see us as right. But we fail to realize in that moment is the more we defend our positions, the more we push ourselves further and further away from being kind, nice in our partner's eyes. We even drive ourselves further and further apart the more we defend our point. Many of my clients are talking about how it's not okay to be right. In another example, I had one of my clients talk about his ego and how he was conditioned to protect his ego above everything. He explained that his father told him it was never okay to admit he was wrong. Now, this man loves, adores his partner, and he really, really wants to have good communication with her, and he wasn't sure if he could let go of his ego. He was open to learning about empathy and perspective taking and trying out validation as a skill. We practiced the skill in session, and he agreed to see an experiment with it for about a month. He experimented with what was better, keeping his ego up and being right, or at times letting it down and allowing another perspective, even if he disagreed. So after about a month, he came to session and started laughing. And he said, you're right. <laughs> he explained, he realized that his ego is even stronger now that he recognizes he can admit when he's wrong because he feels strength in knowing it's okay that he doesn't have to know or do everything or see everything be seen from his view. He explained it takes the pressure off him. I had another client and she was talking about how she feels when she thinks her partner's perspective isn't practical. 
She explains she feels frustrated and stuck and just plain old exhausted with their fighting. She wants to work towards a solution, and when he speaks about his solutions, she just finds them too long or too different from the way she's from the way she sees things. So she just gets fed up. So we slowed her down, and she was able to see that the more she dismisses his views, the more they stay on this hamster wheel, going around and around and arguing their different positions, interrupting each other. But when she could pause and hear his view, even if it seemed slightly more time-consuming, they were able to get off their hamster wheel and enjoy their lives. So if you want to learn about perspective taking, how to communicate with your partner, I've got a tool for you. It's my brand new guide just created last week called the Emotional Validation Cheat Sheet. This is where you learn about empathy, perspective taking, and you get 14 emotionally validating statements that you could use today to help you and your partner improve your communication quickly. So you can either get this by going into the show notes and just clicking the link or going to www.emberrelationshippsychology.com, go to the resources section and look for the free guides. There's a bunch of them. I wanna go over three mistakes people make when they're communicating with their partners. The first mistake is that people focus on the facts when they're actually fighting about how their partner's perception of the facts makes them feel. Like our horse and frog, we both get really frustrated because from our view, we see things differently, you know, and we can feel frustrated or overwhelmed, invalidated, unseen when our partner doesn't see it our way or when they disagree with the facts. So do your best to hear your partner's perspective even when you disagree with the details. The second mistake people make is because they remember the facts differently, they spin their wheels and keep repeating the same points over and over and over with no movement. Again, it's like they're on that hamster wheel they can't get out of. So to stop spinning your wheels, just use a validating statement. Like, okay, I can see how you see it this way, even though I see it differently. It doesn't mean you agree. It just means you're able to see it from their perspective or see something about what they're saying that is reasonable or hearing their pain, even if you disagree with the content. And the third mistake couples make is they focus on where they disagree. They're like, no, it didn't happen like that. Or I didn't say that. And they go on a fact-finding mission that they're never going to agree on. For example, I walked downstairs the other night and the door was unlocked. I hate when the door is unlocked. So I promptly criticized my partner for leaving it unlocked again. And naturally, since I criticized him, he defending himself. himself. And then our fact-finding mission was off about who left the door unlocked. Thank goodness, I quickly realized that we were on this fact-finding mission about who did what and we were never going to get anywhere because who really knows who left the door unlocked? I mean, I'm still pretty sure I didn't do it and I'm pretty sure he's pretty sure he didn't do it. Now this is a silly fight about almost nothing that had the potential to ruin our evening together. Thank goodness, instead, I had myself float outside myself and say, do you really want to fight about this, Amber? My thought was no. I was able to say, okay, it doesn't matter who left the door unlocked. It could have been me too. Let's just lock the door. Then, because I was able to validate the position that it also could have been me, we were able to go for a walk hand in hand and enjoy the nice warm evening summer night with our dog. I've had many fights start out like this about insignificant things and they blew up because we were both focused on the details and dismissing each other's perspectives. So again, if you want to learn about how to improve your communication fast, stop focusing on the facts. And yes, I hear you thinking, don't facts matter? Yeah, they matter. And sometimes they don't matter as much as you might think. So you have a choice sometimes to focus on the facts 
or the impact of the facts. Because most couples are not fighting about the facts themselves. They are fighting about how the facts made them feel. So sometimes you have a choice to say, okay, you're right, I hear you. This might have been me. Or, okay, I understand your perspective. Or, okay, I get you're frustrated, I get you're hurt, even if you disagree with the details. So, sometimes relationship communication begins to break down because we get really stuck in our perspective only. And what I've been talking about this whole podcast is perspective taking, which is a key to empathy. And empathy is getting into another person's shoes, seeing the world as they see it, not as we think they should see it, and then understanding their feelings and communicating back to them that we understand how they feel. We do this using empathetic statements or emotionally validating statements. And like I said, to make this easier for you, I created that concrete tool to teach you how, the free guide, the emotional validation cheat sheet. So again, just go to the show notes, click the link so you and your partner can try it to see if it helps you communicate a little better. It's just one tool to use if you're stuck. So remember, the number one reason couples come to therapy is for communication issues. And this tool is something I use with like 95% of my couples, I would say, because it is so important when it comes to resolving communication issues. And if you don't believe me, you don't like it, try like my client did. Just try it for a month. See, does your communication improve or doesn't it? Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.